0: Warning, the Kingdom Cast podcast contains spoilers about comic books, movies, and entertainment in general, as well as anything else that crosses their minds. Please do not take any medical advice seriously, nor legal advice that they may or may not give out. For that matter, it's probably for the best that you take nothing that they say seriously. It's Kingdom Casts Podcast, now maskless and pantless. (laughs) Joining us us once again is Sandra. This seashell bra is chafing me swindle. (laughs) I'm Stan Daniel. And with me, as always, is Albert Marsh. So, Albert. Yeah. How are you? i'm pretty good today yourself i can't complain sandra how are you doing
1: i'm doing pretty good for a rainy day
0: well let's get right to it twitter and the internet is abuzz that in black panther 2 Tinoc orta is playing namor and in addition to that there's a scene in Eternals where we see atlantis sink None of this is new news. So they had said this before about Tinook.
1: Yes. As soon as he was cast, people were screaming, Oh, he's he's gonna be namer, he's gonna be namer, because Black Panther fans want namer in that movie.
0: The Illuminati website, the Illuminati, <laughs> the Illuminati, the <laughs> website is reporting it as though it's fact. Black Panther two, Tinook, Florida is Namor and Intriguing Atlantean Supporting Cast Reveal, exclusive. Hosted by Caitlin Terrell.
1: Stan, you sent me a link about this when this guy was announced as cast,
0: and that was months ago. Oh, so we broke the story? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, We broke the story. I completely forgot about it. (laughs) Now I'm attributing it to others. (laughs) (laughs)
2: No, what it is is uh, all these websites are running the same story again, but this time they're they're writing exclusive in front of it.
1: (laughs) I don't know what sources they're talking about or whatever, but as soon as this guy was cast, and that was, like I said, months ago, or last year or sometime, I don't remember exactly when it was. No, I'm not going to say that because that will come out ugly, but no, I'm not going to say
0: that. (laughs) The Illuminati... .com is saying that POC culture revealed that Black Panther 2 was looking to cast one Mayan woman named Zayanya Z Y A N Y A and one Mayan man called Cadmall. They also reported that the casting call indicates that all actors of North and South American indigenous backgrounds will be considered for the roles. Then it goes on to say that they at the Illuminati can reveal that the two Mayan warriors that Black Panther 2 has been looking to cast are important characters in Namor and Atlantean lore. Zionya is a codename for Namora, Namor's cousin, while Cadmall is a codename for Atuma, an Atlantean warlord. It's not a Tuma.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to say it again. I think this is more clickbait. This is old clickbait because again, As soon as this guy was announced, they said they were casting Native Americans slash Mayans for Black Panther. Again, everyone immediately leapt up and said that, oh, no, no, this has got to be Namer, and the Mayans are Atlanteans. And the Eternals stuff, there was some kid that announced on Instagram or something that he was in the Eternals movie and his parents were killed by sea monsters. And so immediately everybody started screaming, Oh, Namor's going to be in the Eternals. Atlantis getting destroyed. It's the pre-cataclysmic Atlantis. It's the Hiberian Age Atlantis, the King Cole Atlantis that gets sunk. Originally, it was the Ari Howard cause for it which had something to do with Set and fighting Lemuria and magicians and all this other stuff. But then at some point it got reworked into the Eternals and the Celestials, this thing. So then Atlantis was sunk by the Celestials and the second, the first or second, the second host or something like that. I can't remember which one it is. Again, it's old news that the Atlanteans, pre-cataclysmic Atlantis, the King Cole Atlantis was going to appear in
0: Eternals and get sunk. Well, let's suppose for a second that it turns out Tanakh Warta is Namor. How do you feel about that? I can see it.
1: Uh, as I told somebody else, I would rather have my toenails fall off from some gangrious disease than have Namor appear in a Black Panther movie.
0: Now I know that. That's why I didn't <laughs> say. How do you feel about the Namor appearing in a Black Panther movie? But the actor himself.
1: I don't know anything about this actor. I mean, I've I've only seen pictures of him. I don't really. He doesn't look like Namor to me
0: but you know how that goes. I, I don't know. I can kind of see it. his eyebrows give him little pointy ears. This guy is a reed. I mean, he's he's, he's skinny. I just see him with his fists up here. Namor's skinny. No, he's not. Yes, he is. He's, he's trim. Namor, yeah, Namor is pretty I mean, no, that, that you can work out and get muscle mass. It ain't no big deal. And Namor is not Conan body. Well, he used to be, but... Okay,
1: so this was back in February, I think, of this year. I was thinking, or November... November, I think they they announced that they were casting this guy, Huerta, in Black Panther. And then in February, they announced that they were looking for Mayan actors, which I'm like, really? Mayan actors slash Native American actors to play in Black Panther. So this is news from, like I said, a couple months ago. Hmm. I don't know why it's trending now unless somebody sources. I use that term very loosely. (laughs)
0: What's the code words Albert likes? Reportedly, reportedly. yeah. Reportedly, reportedly yes. Yeah, reportedly. <laughs> okay, no, I just had to bring that up because it's Namor, and it, it, there seems to be a little more to it this time. Watch us! I'll be shocked to shit when Namor shows up in Loki. <laughs> no think- reason at all. <laughs>
1: Well, I think it's far more plausible that Neymar will show up in the Doctor Strange. I think that's plausible too. The, the movie. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense to me. And it might even be just like you said, a cameo or something from shot from the back or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know anything about this actor, so I can't really. Well, I was just talking
0: just... physically. Do you can you look no. at him and say I can I can look at him and see Neymar. Yeah, the slick the hair back, give him pointy ears. I don't see it. But he doesn't have the build for Namer, that's for sure. That's
2: why they call it Hollywood. Is that why they call it Hollywood? I heard Christopher Walken is playing Dr. Dorcas.
1: (laughs) That would be pretty awesome. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) That would be excellent casting. Excellent casting.
0: Let's do two emails. All right. First email is uh, one that we could actually do an entire episode on and may do that in the future. What is the best way to sell my comic collection? How do I know a good price and if I am being treated fairly? And yeah, that that comes in from Russ. And this gets real complicated, Russ. Right now, there is a boom going on with back issue comics. It's more important now than ever that you do your research. First off, I would recommend that, that you go to several comic collecting websites, several comic auctions, and see what they're ending at, what they're actually being bought for. Amazingly enough, things like X-Men Annual Number 14, which is the first appearance of Ahab and was graded at 9.8, have closed out at an auction for $5,600. And this is just one example. The first appearance of Alpha Flight, Uncanny X-Men Number 120, closed out at $10,000 over an auction this past week. One of our contributors, Charles Hickey, he keeps us appraised of these sorts of things and sends us the links and everything, tells us where to go to confirm it and look at it. And I'm here to tell you, I've never seen price hikes like this. On comic books, but people are going absolutely mad on it. So especially if you've got stuff from the early 80s. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and say if you've got stuff like Uncanny X-Men from the 80s, Avengers from the 70s, 60s, and the Marvel stuff, especially these comic books are booming. So Do your research. One of the ways you can do your research is you can go to eBay, look for completed items, completed listings, sold items, and anything that has a green number at the end of it, like say X-Men number 10, and it has a green, and I'm just making this number up, $6,000 next to it. That means that that book sold for $6,000. The graded stuff is going for higher. So if it's affordable to get it graded by CGC, I would definitely look into that. I'd also check into the value of the books before going to CDC. Here's what you absolutely positively do not do. Under no circumstances do you go to a major retail chain to sell comics these what are you uh, talking about i'm talking like, about yeah but we're going to beat that because i'm not going to say their name but we'll call it first and upchuck <laughs> So you don't want to go to a major retail chain to do that. Like one of these chains that sells comics and records and takes in old books and tries to retail them because they have no respect for you. They're going to try to get it for pennies on the dollar, especially with this boom. These individuals think they're smarter than you to begin with. So do your research, do your research, do your research. I also, generally speaking, I'm going to tell you straight up, and this is true as a comic book shop owner. What we used to tell people coming into the comic book shop selling their stuff is if you can take the time... Time and effort to sell it on your own, say on eBay or through other auction chains, then you're going to make more money doing it that way because the comic book store especially is going to have to undercut you. And, and when I say undercut, it's not an unfair thing. We used to take out the book, put on eBay on the screen, and explain very carefully to the customer exactly how we were coming to our offer price because we have to make a certain amount and we're going to offer our regular customers a certain discount right out of the gate off of whatever sticker we put on that book especially our regulars with subscribers and such. So if you've got the time and can make the effort, it wouldn't hurt to do a little research, especially if you've got some of the more notable books that are jumping up in price and the Marvels are jumping up in price. I was shocked it's not. It's not just stuff. From the past. I personally have sold off a couple of first appearances of Cassie and Andor from Rogue One, the Rogue One movie adaptation for well over 50, 60 bucks ungraded over the internet. So things are jumping up in price across the board. And now more than ever, you need to do your research and don't just don't just rush in blind somewhere. If you've got a question about how are you come, how are you concluding, how are you coming to this pl- price? Don't be afraid to ask somebody. That in a comic book shop. Ask them point blank, what are you going to sell this book for? You've got to be fair to them too. They've got to make a profit. So use your own best judgment. But right now, I would say that you need to take the time, do the research, and if at all possible, sell it yourself. There's a lot more that goes into this. And it, like I said, we could do 90 minutes on this alone and we may do a special doing nothing but discussion it's discussing this. Albert, do you have anything to add? And
2: another thing about those big corporate chain stores. Cause they're out to get me. <laughs> well, that's true. It is true. It is true. <laughs> it is true.
1: This is not yeah. a conspiracy theory. It is actually true. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah there, I have something to say about that. Uh, well, I figured about this subject. Might. Go um, ahead. Not about the, the conspiracy theory. There's two things that people have to remember when they try to sell their comics is. Yes, you can go through and look at those eBay listings and stuff and see that Book X sells for $6,000. That doesn't mean your copy, your ratty-eared copy of Book X is going to sell for $6,000. Absolutely. There's comics like all these collectibles are graded. Paper collectibles usually are, have grades. And, you know, you may think, oh, this is this is a pretty good copy of this book. Well, that's not an extra fine slash 9.5 graded 9.5 out of 10 graded comic. I guarantee you they're, they're, those high grade comics are a lot rarer than you think. Just because it says that this one sold for that price. Don't expect your copy, which may not be in the exact same shape to get that price. At second, like Stan said, if you're going to sell it to someone who's going to resell it, i.e. a retailer, whether it be a comic shop, whether it be uh, one of these big box stores or whatever, you have to remember, okay, say this book sold for $6,000 on eBay and you walk into a comics bookstore and say, well, you know, I want $6,000 for it. I saw it sell at that price. Nobody is going to give it to you at that price because They have to make a profit. Just remember, like if they buy a brand new comic from Marvel or one of the uh, Diamond distributors or whatever, they're not paying the cover price. They're paying, I'm not sure, the exact discount. I think it's like 50 percent or at one point it was 50 percent. So, yeah, you're not going to get $6,000 from a somebody who's going to retail your item. You're going to get, if you're lucky, you will get half of that. Now, and if you go to these big box stores, you will get pennies, pennies on the dollar. So just be realistic about how much you're going to get for your book. And part of the reason why retailers are selling the, well, other than, you know, they have to make a, a living at that discount level is it takes a lot of work to sort, grade and put these items up for sale. And if you don't think so, then you can go ahead and try and do it on eBay yourself and you'll find out just how much work it is to sell something
0: yourself. Exactly. Yes, Sandra, you're very right about that. And again, our regular customers would pull lists, they would automatically our store policy was they automatically got a discount off of back issue comics. Mm -hmm. And so we have to figure that into it, or we had to figure that into it as well. That's not the policy at the majority of comic book stores. So ask them up front what their policy. Policy is on discounting back issues and such. Get as much information as you possibly can. And do not be afraid to ask questions. And if you're dealing with an individual who seems aggravated or frustrated or talks down to you for asking questions, and that's not just in the realm of comic books, that's anywhere where you're trying to buy or sell or trade, then that should be a signal right there that maybe, maybe you're not Quite content here. But do read up on it and understand that when you go into a comic book store, while you have read up on it and you've got as much knowledge as you can, the people in the comic book store are doing this every day. This is their livelihood. In most cases, dealing with independent comic store retailers, you're going to have a better shot and come out better than you are a big box chain that takes in bicycles and books and everything else for pennies on the dollar who thinks and are going to treat you like you know nothing. Because they're slick, they've had corporate training, and they know it all. Just be aware, do your research, but also be fair. The majority of time people would come into Kingdom, they would call on the phone, they would say, I've got these comics to sell, and they're still in the bag. That doesn't matter. You can put a ratty comic book in a bag and a board. That doesn't mean anything. Nobody worth their salt is going to tell you anything, is going to give you a price over the phone. If they tell you something definitive over the phone, that means they're just trying to get rid of you. You wouldn't buy a used car over the phone based on somebody describing it to you. Well, the comic book retailers are not going to buy older comic books over the phone. They're going to have to see them in person pictures over the internet, sending them pictures over the internet, that sometimes helps but still, that's not going to be a definitive sell for you there. You need to bring the comic books in person to the comic book retailer you're trying to sell them to so they can look and examine them. But again, right now, in this boom period for comic books, for back-issue comic books, you need to do as much research as possible and feel confident that y- you know a little bit about what you're talking about. Approach them, be be nice, be kind, and uh, But also be aware of the signs that somebody may be trying to rip you off. Again, there's so much to go into here. We could do an entire episode on it. We may do that in the future on how to buy and sell comic books, back issue comic books. Right now, I would urge you, if you've got the time and patience, have it slabbed. Slabbed means graded and sealed inside a plastic container by CGC is the most popular Grading company. Well, I think you should Uh,
1: say time, patience, and money.
0: (laughs) Yeah, time, patience, and money to have it slabbed if you've got a really nice copy of a really good comic book. Because I got to tell you, Dark Phoenix Saga from the early 80s is bringing in way more money than we ever sold it for off the shelves at Kingdom. That is just phenomenal amounts.
1: Like, remember... I. I have mentioned that artist I knew, Megan, Megan Hedrick's yeah. Red Thorn. Of course, when the news came out that was going to be picked up by Netflix, those issues immediately jumped up in price.
0: Oh, yeah. It used to be whenever something got mentioned, being picked up for Netflix or in, made into a movie or something, the issues jumping up in price. In the case of Marvel DC and some of the image back issues, they're not waiting for an announcement. They're jumping up in price, like the Walter Simonson Fantastic Four run that introduces the Time Variance Authority, which is going to appear in the Loki series. Those are jumping up. I have
1: a question. Is it just the keys that are, quote unquote, hot, or is it entire runs?
0: of Uncanny X-Men Annual Number 14 is a sequel to Days of Future Past with Ahab. I'm telling you, we used to sell that comic book out of the dollar bin. It was so frequent. And now... Ungraded copies of that comic book are going for anywhere from 27 to 60 bucks on eBay, finishing at that. Graded copies of it have gone up for as high as 6,000. There's nothing been announced with Ahab in it. It's not like the next X-Men movie is going to have Ahab or anything along those lines. It's basically any of the Marvels from the 80s back is an easy bet. DCs are also experiencing the same thing, but not at the rate the Marvels are. You just got to know a little bit about what you have and also at the same time, be aware of the fact that if you sell it to a retail shop, a comic shop, that you're going to have to allow for them to make a profit off of it a decent profit off of it as well. It's complicated and but I, I'm telling you right now, especially if you can get them graded, you've uh, got the p- potential to sell and make more money yourself. eBay's not the only auction site out there, and we'll try to name some others in next episode or something that uh, are secure that you can go through also. Okay, the next email. I told Albert earlier about this. I, I'm assuming this is tongue-in-cheek because I kind of chuckled when I read it. Your podcast format should not work. Your episode titles usually have nothing to do with what happens in the episode. You have one guy who reads everything and hates everything. Another guy who may have read something but can't seem to remember his own name most of the time. And a woman (laughs) who only reads comics that cater to her fish man fetishes. Yeah, woman. Damn straight. (laughs) This is not the formula for success. But I can't stop listening in much the same way I can't help but slow down to look at car accidents when I pass. (laughs) By the way, do you two guys on the podcast intend to sound like Muttley and Eeyore, or is that just some naturally occurring Alabama dialect? You can use my email, but not my name. And his email is Rick Rickard with a number code after it. (laughs) Red Rickard. Not Rick Rickard. Red Rickard. <laughs> so, Albert, I'm assuming that I'm Muttley. <laughs> I guess with your laugh. Well, that's, that's exactly... <laughs> I had to explain to my wife who Muttley was from the hanna Barbaric cartoons. So would you blame this on Alabama dialect or are we doing this on purpose? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not planning that I sound like this. Pooh, <laughs> pooh. He didn't call you pooh. He called you Eeyore. <laughs> I'm assuming it's a he. I don't know that it's a he. Sandra, anything about your fishman fetishes? You want in here? I read more than
1: what has my fishman fetishes, but yeah, uh, that is, I will say a a
0: pretty fair description. I'm thinking this may be somebody that knows us personally. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty funny email, though. So thank you, Red Rickard. We look forward to issuing a hit on you. Let's review comics. (laughs) I'll do something. God, I don't know what's wrong with y'all. I'm funny tonight. (laughs) You say yeah, so. That's right. We got a couple of weeks worth of comics here. Let's talk about a few. If I miss something that one of you read, tell me. Doesn't matter whether or not the other two of us have read it or not. Okay. Got gotcha. you. That okay with you, Sandra? Sure. Sandra, have you heard the news? <laughs>
2: I'm trying here. The Taco Man's 80th anniversary, Commander. <laughs> <laughs> that's the good news. It's NFL sir, Super Pro's twentieth anniversary. Season. I was about to say, start <laughs>
1: choking noises here.
2: <laughs> oh, twentieth. I guess it would be. I don't know. No, I'd be like
0: thirtieth. I don't know God, how old NFL Super Pro is. He was eighties, wasn't he? No. Yeah, he was around the time of the New Universe ninety-one. Oh, well, maybe mm. he wasn't. <laughs> Oh, I know what I'm confusing him with. I'm confusing him with the New Universe title. Uh, what was it called? Kickers Incorporated. Kickers Inc. Yeah, Kickers Incorporated. Yeah, Kick, Kickers Inc. What happy 30th anniversary, Super Pro. Happy nice. 40th anniversary, Kickers
2: Inc. <laughs> that was a stupid-ass concept for a book. But Kickers Inc. Yeah. I, think, I remember reading a bunch of those New Universe books one time. Kickers
0: Inc. was racist as hell. I don't even remember. I read the first issue and I was I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> the only new universe books that I continued to read was Starbrand Justice and I think what was the guy's name in the dreams? Dream something or other. He was all in black. He was almost but not quite that universe's Doctor Strange. I, I don't know. Remember
1: that one? I, I
0: remember Justice. Yeah, Justice. Star brand. I dropped Cy Force.
1: Cy Force. Force. There-
0: Yeah, there was a Cyforce. I dropped Cyforce. I dropped, after the first issue, I dropped Cyforce. I dropped Merc. And I dropped Kickers Incorporated and Spitfire and the Troubleshooters. I read like four issues of that before I dropped it. DP7. DP7. I forgot about DP7. Yeah, I read a few issues of DP7 before I dropped it. But I stayed with Starbrand and Justice all the way So happy 35th anniversary, New Universe. Happy 35th. God bless Jim Shooter.
2: No, wait, this is 2021, so it'd be like the... No, it'd be 35th, 35th.
0: There you go. Sandra, you, you followed the new universe from beginning to end, right? <laughs> <laughs> Don't drink cyanide.
1: I've had just about enough of freaking Marvel's univ- anniversaries.
0: <sighs> Such stinkers. Sandra, have you heard the news? Jim Shooter loves you. <laughs> Shit.
1: You know... Tim Shooter was actually supposed to write a Namor
0: book with Alan Weiss. Be grateful he didn't.
1: (laughs) No, actually, I think if he had done that, that instead of leaving Namor out there with no book for so long, that he'd have had more of a following.
0: (laughs) Namor or Shooter? Namor. Okay, first one up, DC Comics, Robin. Issue number two, written by Joshua Williamson. Art by Gleb Melnikov. This is a good book, just like I never expected to like Nightwing, and I'm really enjoying Nightwing. Issue number two of Robin is up to the standards of the current run on Flash and Nightwing right now. This is a solid book. It brings Damien into his own by getting him away from Batman, putting him on an island where you get three lives before you die. So if you get killed three times, the third time's solid, but first two times don't really count. Yeah, it's a contest between the best physical melee hand-to-hand assassins on Earth. The artwork's outstanding in it. Melnikoff does a wonderful job with that. I'm enjoying this book. I'm enjoying this character. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's just it's just manga. It really is. It's just, is. just like a,
2: a thousand different manga titles that are all, you know, have tournaments and stuff in them all the time, which all goes back to Dragon Ball, which is probably the most influential comic ever made.
0: Next to Action Comics number one. Okay, okay Albert. <laughs> So definitely pick this one up. Pull it. Pull Robin number two. This series is engaging and solid. I don't really see how they're going to go wrong with this first story arc. No, it's, would have it's a to, real fun book. You would have to work hard to screw this first story arc up. Quite honestly, I think Joshua Williamson's at the top of his game in these first two issues. So, so I say pull it. Albert? I'll say pull it as well. Sandra? <laughs> I didn't read it. Sandra, it's Robin. <laughs> the boy wonder.
2: God. They're on a beach, and beside the beach is ocean water. <laughs> yeah. So at any minute. <laughs>
0: uh, I will defer to your, your two opinions on Robin. Well, let's go to a book that I'm pretty certain Sandra read. From Marvel Comics, Maestro, Warren Pax. Issue number five, written by Peter David, with art by Javier Pina. Sandra, did you read it? Nope. You didn't read Maestro versus Doctor Doom.
1: I read the last page.
0: <laughs> the <laughs> last, oh my God, I hate you. <laughs> Our listeners demand more of that of us from us, Sandra. <laughs> Just like everything Peter David writes with Doom in it, you can't be disappointed with it. There's a really, really good fight. Yeah. Doom escapes to fight another day. I thought it was great. I was nervous when I first heard Peter David was going back to revisit the Maestro. But these two and now going to be three series that he's done of it, all it's done is just add to it. It has not detracted. It has not upset the balance or the, you know, the cart. With this, this is just entertaining as hell. And as long as Peter David can keep this up, I'm behind him. What do you think of that Namor design, Sandra? I'm not
1: too fond of that. I don't know why they keep trying to put a beard on Namor. Does he doesn't even have a, an ongoing book, does he? Peter David?
0: No. And, well, not unless you count this. Maestro's been ongoing now for 12 issues. I think that sort of just... Let him maybe pick and choose what he wants to do.
2: Yeah, like they may like, hey, we got some stuff
0: lined up. You can pick something out. If they're giving him a choice, if they're letting him call where the ball's going to go, so to speak, then he's very wise in what he's doing. He's choosing platforms he created. To go back and revisit. He's not infringing on anybody's storyline. He's not coming in and trying to take over X-Factor with what Hickman's doing. Although I'd I'd enjoy him on the next book. But ever since he got Wolverine's adamantium ripped out of him, I think he has forsworn any major crossover X events for the rest of his life. This is a solid book. Definitely pull it. Major League Entertainment. I agree. Pull it. Since we're talking about Hulk, you want to go ahead and talk about Immortal Hulk? Well, go ahead and talk about Immortal Hulk. Go ahead and hit us. I didn't read it. You didn't read it? Well, you missed it. I'm going to read this it. This is the, just... the Jennifer Walters issue. Oh, did they fix her? Please tell me they fixed that, her.
2: Well, I'm not saying they fixed her. They just they made it work. Okay. It works. It's a fantastic brawl issue between Hulk and the Avengers again. Yeah. What's going on due to all the, I guess, gamma or Hulk energy or whatever is making people slightly more aggressive, so there's just a fantastic fight between Hulk and Thor in this. They need to make that Alex Ross cover into a poster. I'm sure they are. But I'll tell you, the Hulk-Thor thing was fantastic. It's mostly a Jen Walters thing, getting her folded into the finale. It's just great. It's a no-brainer. You need
0: to read it. Well, I am. I I just didn't have time today to read it before the podcast. And part of the reason I didn't put that at the top of my list is it's a no-brainer. We're going to love Immortal Hulk. Ewing has more than cemented himself in Hulk mythology. Yeah, I just automatically assumed that this was going to be a good book. So you're saying definite pull, of course.
1: There's only two more, three more issues, right?
0: Yeah, three well, this, more this, issues. this is the final
2: set. I think this is maybe the final setup because this pulls Jen Walters over. And we know
0: who's taking over after Ewing leaves. Donny Cates tweeted that he and Ryan Otley will be taking over Incredible Hulk or Incredible Hulk will be relaunching as Incredible Hulk. That's a pretty damn smart move,
2: don't you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, he'll come in and ignore everything Al Ewing did and, and give Hulk a, a guitar or something, but <laughs> it'll, pro- it'll, probably, it'll probably be good.
1: <laughs> yeah, give that Hulk. sounds like something <laughs> Immortal Hulk fans will
0: be looking forward to. Not. <laughs> I don't think that's the case with this, because do you know who where Al Ewing is going? Al Ewing is taking over Venom. Because he's got to fix Venom. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Venom. I mean, hell, the King and Black series,
2: damn. Yeah, but at the same time, you screw Venom up to where just about nobody can use them afterwards.
0: So you got to do something about that. I think Al Ewing can. This to me is smart. This is smart maneuvering. Who do you get to follow up Ewing on this book? Kate's. Who do you get to follow up Kate's on Venom? Ewing. Because both Venom and Hulk are monsters. Am I too far off from saying that? Yeah, they're different monsters. Yeah, but also Ewing's doing a Gamefly book, isn't he? I think he is. I think that's a little ball down there.
1: I just don't see Venom being something that is worth. Al Ewing's talents. Not a book that I see him shining on.
0: That's it. Cates has brought Venom into his own and now they're passing the the ball to Ewing to continue to to run with it. I think this is very smart. I'm not a Venom fan and I'm going to pick up the Ewing run. I think Ewing can bring in a considerable base from Immortal Hulk just out of curiosity to see how he handles Venom. Yeah. I liked it when Venom was a bad guy. <laughs>
1: Venom falls right in Donny Cates' wheelhouse. He's like a 90s writer. He's redoing the 90s. It doesn't seem like a
0: good fit as far as like what Venom fans will probably appreciate. I'm not going to pigeonhole Ewing and I see where you're coming from, but I'm curious. I want to see where it goes. I want to see what he does with Venom. You may be completely right about that, or he may have had a really good pitch to convince them to let him take over Venom. The one that they need to make sure is in good hands is the Hulk. The Hulk has not had a run like this since Peter David was on it. That was a very, very long time ago. I think Greg Pack's run was well-received. Pack's run was really good, but it was not an extended run. It, I don't think it went as wrong as Ewing's run on Hulk, on Immortal Hulk did. It seemed like Pack was there, and then suddenly Pack was doing the... They did, he did Hulk. He did yeah, Planet Hulk. Hulk. Moved, then after that, they tanked the whole thing
2: for Jeff Loeb and Red Hulk and moved him to Incredible Hercules.
0: Yes, they did. Yeah, I couldn't remember. It all got blurry around there, and then As soon as you said Jeff Loeb, I realized why everything got blurry. So Pac was on Hulk, Planet Hulk. Then he ended up on Hercules, which was a really good title. I don't think that gets enough credit. No, his Hercules is great. They should have kept that going.
1: Greg Pak started in 2006. That run ended in, looks like, 2011. I think he had as long, if not longer, than
2: Al Ewing. There was the opening story arc of Hulk where he went up in a satellite. Then at the end of that arc, it was revealed the Illuminati was going to go dump him on a planet. Things screwed up, so they dumped him on the wrong planet. And then we have Planet Hulk. Then we have World War Hulk. Then he went to Hercules, which kept the old numbering, but was a retitled Incredible Hulk.
1: Yeah, but he... he- did
0: yeah, he, he went Hulk. back to he Hulk went, after that?
1: Yeah. It was and way was after.
0: It was after all the Lobe Lobe, stuff, I think. Yeah, where we started turning everybody. Everybody's a Hulk. Everybody's a different colored Hulk. God, Loeb. Loeb just went off the reservation with the Marvel stuff after he came over from DC.
1: Well, I'm just saying that Greg Beck did quite a bit of work on Hulk. Yeah, he did a lot of work. Including, Hulk. including Planet Hulk, which, of course, is already in the movies, sort of, sort of, kind of. Then That War was Hulk?
2: that was like 12 issues long or something like that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then it went from that to the World War Hulk.
0: And at the same time World War Hulk was going on, Hercules, the Incredible Hercules, took over the normal run of the Incredible mm-hmm. Hulk. It's been a little while since Hulk has had the sort of prestige that he's gotten under Ewing's handle.
1: It was well regarded, but it didn't win in Eisner. And I think people tend to forget that Planet Hulk, which I think is the best thing he's done, came from Greg Pack. I don't know. I
0: don't I think I like Immortal Hulk more than I like Planet Hulk. And I liked Planet Hulk. I thought Planet Hulk was wonderful. But it's too, it's kind of like apples and oranges here. This is much more delves into Hulk's psyche a lot more, dealing with his trauma, births and rebirths and reincarnations and such. I just don't want Hulk to lose. Right now, we've got a situation where Thor is at the top of his game. We've come off of a really good, so far as Marvel's concerned, we've come off of a really, really well-done crossover event with King and Black. Hulk, the Hulk book is at the top of its game. The X-Books, are at the top of their games, minus Excalibur. There's just too many X-Men books. We went over this. There are 12 X-Men books. And growing. The X-Books are at the top of their game. Spider-Man is it's good. Pretty it's pretty solid not book. I mean, it's yeah. not some big epic story, but it's like a fun Spider-Man book. No, it really is. I just don't want Hulk to lose that position. If we could get somebody to write an Avengers book, well, Savage Avengers, Savage Avengers has still been an outstanding book. That's not an Avengers book. A, that, that is one. an Avengers book. book. That is a team up book. It's an Avengers book. It says Avengers right there on the cover, Sandra, underneath the word Savage. <laughs> Sandra, have you heard the news? <laughs> Conan loves Come, you. Crom yeah. <laughs> doesn't though. Crom <laughs> ain't real happy with your ass right now, Sandra. Mm-hmm. huh <laughs> Oh, moving right along. <laughs> Also from Marvel Comics, Beta Ray Bill, issue number three, written by Daniel Warren Johnson, art by Daniel Warren Johnson, with Mike Spicer on colors. Damn good book. Some would say it's the only good book. <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't think some would say that. I think you no. might say that just to be obstinate. But yeah, no. this,
2: this is a great book. This is a fantastic book.
0: Yeah, The Journey into the Depths of Hell and Scuttlebutt, mm-hmm. having physical form. Johnson, ever since... He was on that God's book, wasn't he? On the Wonder Woman book. The Wonder Woman book, I know. I was trying to remember whether or not he was, what was that really, oh, really the good? Last, the, last the Last God. The Last God. Was that him? No, that's not him. No. Okay, so I'm getting that confused. You're, you're getting confused, yeah. I, I'm getting confused really. That's happening a lot lately.
1: <laughs> that guy I love, had nothing to do with with the Wonder Woman book or this book.
0: Yeah, no, I know he didn't have anything to do with Wonder Woman. I couldn't remember if Daniel Warren Johnson was writing The Last Gods. Wonder Woman, Dead Earth. I've loved him ever since then. If he's picking and choosing these, he's picking and choosing them right. He's hell on wheels on Beta Ray Bill. So this is a definite pull for me. Y'all think he's going to have sex with the ship? Since Sif is being stuck up and everything, yeah. (laughs) Why'd they make the ship into a hot robot? (laughs) Well, that's not, that looks like the robot from Metropolis, doesn't it? It looks like the old Metropolis designs. As a matter of fact... Yeah, but most most female robots look like the old Metropolis designs. There's a droid in Star Wars The Force Awakens that looks very similar to that design. And I'm not saying, oh, there's a ripoff. I like the way she's designed. S- Sandra, you're still reading this book, right? Mm,
2: no. God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trade waiting that book. Either way, you should read it. It's a definite pull. Well, definite
1: I like pull. that character better, Ray Bill. And there was definitely some good, good, good stuff in that first one.
2: They brought Scourge back. Scourge, Puck. <laughs> I,
0: oh, not Puck. Puck. I thought that was Pip. Shit. And what's his name? Pip. 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 I'm That's sorry, not his name Pip. I've I've got my little people confused. It's it's Pip. Puck. It's Canadian. Yeah, I've got that. I know who Puck is. Puck is Alpha Flight. Well, obviously it's Gamma Flight now. Gamma Flight, whatever. Get it right, <laughs> sir. <laughs> whatever, whatever. Let's move on to some books from this
2: week. No, 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 no. We're not. Oh. We got to talk about Strange Adventures. <laughs> well,
0: strange, adven- <laughs> strange
2: Adventures. Strange Adventures. <laughs> Did you read Strange Adventures?
0: Wait a minute. What, have I missed something? Adam Strange book from last uh, no, week. No, no, no. That's written by that guy that randomly accuses artists of stuff and tries to ruin careers. So no, I didn't read Strange Adventures.
2: Yeah, talk to oh, me about Strange. Should, nobody should, read. unless they fix this at the end. They nobody should read this. It's another one of those books where Tom King and all the editors should be blacklisted and fired.
0: Oh Lord! I don't guess think we're what? Have to worry about Tom King much longer.
2: But what? Adam Strange is responsible for massive war crimes and selling Here's out like, earth. And selling out earth. Here's what they did. The daughter is of course still alive or assumed to be alive. The the pikes, I guess that's he's P Y K K T. I'm not sure how to say it. I just want to call them pikes picks. or something. Picks. Whatever. After they called Adam made a deal with Adam. If he helped them sell out Earth, he would leave their planet and give them the daughter back. But to make it look real, they sit back and ignored him doing massive war crimes as on, on their own people.
0: Does Earth still have Superman? Yeah, yeah. Justice League is still a part, to, a part of this and everything. I don't think whoever Adam Strange sells out the Earth to is going to have a problem so long as we got Superman.
2: And I don't think the wife knew about it. a uh, crap, what's her name? Adam uh, Strange's wife?
0: Lana. Somebody, Alana. Something Alana. She
2: does, Yeah, she doesn't seem to know about it. Mr. Miracle send, sent her a letter to read about that. So it obviously it was Mr. Mi- not Mr. Miracle. Mr. Terrific. So obviously it was Adam working on his, working with himself
0: with the Pikes. Picks. The Pikes are a criminal organization within the Star Wars universe. The Picks, Picks and are these aliens and yeah. Because uh-huh. they figured something had to be
2: up because for some reason they kept being like one step ahead of anything that happened, even if Batman planned it, they were always a couple of steps ahead of them. So we put it together that they that Adam was working
0: with them. Well It's a good thing that this is not inside of continuity. Yet. I think you're watching the hell and farewell between this and the Rorschach series of our stalwart Mr. Tom King. I think this is the wind down. Them ending his Batman run early. He's still got Batman and Catwoman, which he wanted to call Bat and Cat, but they ended up calling Batman and Catwoman. That's got to run its 12 issues. Rorschach's almost done. This is almost done. I'm not hearing any big news about Tom King. Are you? No. So uh, not at the moment. Yeah, I think we're in a phase out stage on this, which it did not come quick enough. No, so no, hopefully. he's
2: got that. He's got that Supergirl book.
0: Oh, good, good. They're going to let him <laughs> up, Supergirl. That's great. Yep, that's wonderful. Geez, Louise,
1: I don't understand. I don't know. I mean, that
2: sounds a little bit like Omega Man, um, Omega Man to me. But I don't, I don't know what he's doing. The story's awful, but the art is so great. I'm still, still going to read it just for that. So doing the
0: art. That's beautiful art. There's two people doing art. And <sighs> both of them are Mitch Gerards and uh, Shaner. Doc, Doc Shaner. Shaner, Yeah. Oh, okay. Both of them are just outstanding. Yeah. It's two completely different styles and it melds well together. If you put Mitch Gerards and Doc Shaner together with an actual writer, you'd have a hell of a comic book. If there's anybody from the CIA tapping into this program, I, I'd like to remind them that Tom King claims to have worked for you in the past. If there's something you could give him to do other than write comic books, the comic book fandom, by and large, would greatly appreciate it. And if you take issue with this, my name is Sandra Swindle.
1: <laughs> and not your name. I live
0: in Augusta, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> Told y'all, Tom King writing comic books was a CIA job. He certainly wants people to believe I'm sure the it. man worked for the CIA. Unfortunately, the CIA would neither confirm nor deny that, which plays right into anybody. That's why everybody that ever hits on a, a woman in a bar after 2 a.m., you know, I'm with the CIA. So we have to keep this strictly off I've the books. Never, I've never said anything like that to a woman. <laughs> you ever been in a bar after 2 a.m.? <laughs> I've been. Yeah, I've been places at 2 a.m. with women. Places. Places. I said a bar, Albert. No, Sandra, how many people have used that? How many men have used the CIA line on you?
2: Nobody. I think see, I she's watched, watched, I, I watched have, that I, movie have, True Lies and just thinks they're all like that.
1: I, I was about to say, I I don't understand why you keep impugning this guy's past
0: career. I don't understand why he went after.
1: He didn't go after. <laughs> we went after. Shit, and he didn't go after. You. He. <sighs> yes, he did. That, went all, after, that was all... It wasn't a misunderstanding. He the, should
0: check
2: his facts.
1: Yeah, like everybody and their uncle checks their facts before they open their mouths. No. Before they try Tom to ruin King somebody's career, he makes, yes.
0: it, he makes his own facts. Yeah, he's with CIA.
1: He didn't try to ruin... Uh, you know, Stan, I think you're... Uh, never mind. I'm not going to get into this again. No, I'm not defending, I'm not of, defending uh, Tom King. I just think I've always
0: liked um see you forgot his name too. I
1: know it's not I have forgot his name. I'm trying to get my thoughts together here. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I know exactly who <laughs> he is. I do um, too. <laughs> yeah, that's why you keep calling him <laughs> Lord have mercy.
0: No, I was getting I was getting two things mixed up at once. There are a lot of damn comic book situations to keep track of. It gets difficult. I guess
1: guess you should check your facts there, Stan. (laughs) I
0: had the facts. I was just walking toward them. That's why I paused and I said, instead of out and out saying a name, waiting on one of you to correct me. Mm, Okay. (laughs) That's my trust in the both of you is that when I screw up like this, one of you will say no or when I don't know something, one of you will come forward with the correct answer faster than I can Google it. (laughs) Why are you sticking up for Tom King, Sandra? Yeah, she thinks it was all a giant misunderstanding and not Tom King trying to be Tom King and grab more glory for Tom King at the expense of completely ending an innocent man's career. Sandra believes the best in people.
1: I don't necessarily believe the best in people, but I do. Think Sandra hates
0: people. i.
2: D- I d- <laughs> <laughs> Sandra's part of a, the CIA sob to take me down. That's
1: right, <laughs> Sandra everything only
2: everything to trusts,
0: CIA SOP. <laughs> Sandra only trusts her dogs. <laughs> That's
1: right, I do, and I don't even trust them all the time.
0: <laughs> and where I fall on the Sandra Swindle Trust Scale is I'm about three degrees below Trump.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you are Lord have mercy. <laughs> I would be talking to you if you were three degrees below
0: Trump. <laughs> God. So, in conclusion, <laughs> Tom King is attempted got, to run oh, another. Tom, Tom <laughs> King
1: and and thanks a lot, Albert. Tom <laughs> King and Strange Tales, Apparently... Adventures. Strange, yeah, adventures. Strange. <laughs> strange adventures. What is it? I, I assume this
2: is shelf, right, Albert? Yeah, yeah. The only person who needs to read this is me. <laughs>
0: Thank you for and, taking the bullet for the rest of us there. <laughs> and she'll be reporting back to us. Okay. Going on to some of the stuff from this week. There's one out there, Marvel Tales, The Trials of Loki, from, of course, Marvel Comics. Sandra and I were talking about this. This is reprinting Roberto aguirre sacasas Loki run. Loki series, yeah. isn't it? It's a yeah. it, It's got beautiful art throughout it by Sebastian Fumara uh, with an assist from Al Berianuvo. On issue number four. And the reason I think this is worth it is because these are tales pulled out of actual Asgardian mythology, almost verbatim. As a matter of fact, if you read the novel by Neil Gaiman, Norse mythology by Neil Gaiman, then you're going to read almost verbatim the exact same thing laid out here, except it's done in the context of Thor and Loki as Marvel characters. And so there's some dialogue and a few scenes added that you won't be able to find in Norse myth uh, between Loki and Thor talking in between scenes, but this this is dead on. This is a beautiful adaptation. The catch here is that it's done in context of the Marvel comics as Guardians. So I highly recommend it. Sandra, you read it when it was coming out out the first time, right? Yeah, when the mini series first came out, we were talking about one of the stories in here a while back with Beta Ray Bill about Sif. Remember, I was telling about Loki cutting Sif's hair. Mm -hmm. That's an element in here. And there's actually two different, I don't want to say translations, but there's two different versions of the way that myth ends. And it just depends on which way you want to go with it. And they present both versions of Sif's hair saga inside this. So this Marvel Tales, I was really impressed by it. I think this is a good idea for them going forward. Marvel Tales will be focusing on different stories that zoom in on one character in particular that add to the overall Marvel mythology whether it's a new story or a reprint of previous stories that's not currently out in trade. Take the time to pick up and take a look at Marvel Tales, The Trials of Loki. I'm going to say browse it. But for me personally, it's a pull it. Sandra, what would you say?
1: Well, I definitely bought it when it came first came out. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, if you haven't picked it up, sure.
0: And it'll get you in the mood for the Disney Loki, Plus the series. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We've, we've only got a couple of more days, a few more days here. Yeah. So, yay. Albert, did you read it at all? No, I did not. Okay. Marvel Tales, The Trials of Loki, on stands now. I'll pick it up. Sandra and I both highly recommend it. Let's discuss something in context here. We're going to talk about X-Men, X-Men number 20, by Jonathan Hickman. Art by Francesco Mobili. Francesco Mobili. 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 Just say Francesco. Francesco Mobili. Then we'll talk about the huge Hellfire Gala, which launched with three issues this week. Damn, man, Nimrod. Yeah, that was a really good issue, wasn't it? That was something else. Mm -hmm. When Nimrod originally showed up in the Claremont run from the future, he was basically able to come back into the mainstream continuity timeline because Doctor Strange used magics ability to refold and recast time to undo Colin Gath's curse, where Colin Gath had basically turned Manhattan and the surrounding areas, and it was spreading into upper state New York, eventually all the world, into, uh, what, what do you call Conan's age, the Hiberian age? Hyborian? Hyborian, yeah. So about that. Yeah, Colin Gath had turned everything, and this took place in the pages of uh, the X-Men comics. But at the end of it, the resolution was that Doctor Strange, Xavier, Captain America, and a few of them, and, and was able to use magic to refold time. And at the end of it, Doctor Strange says, I don't know what we've left open by doing this, because playing with the temporal fields is always very dangerous. And that was how Nimrod entered the mainstream Marvel continuity. By refolding time and resetting time, they allowed Nimrod to... To come back. But right here, to see the origin, Hickman's origin in what is the X-Men's real time of Nimrod, this was a hell of a book.
2: Yeah, pretty much. The, the plot of it is that Professor X and Magneto know about all the timelines and everything.
0: Mm-hmm. So Thanks they to
2: send, Yeah, so they send Mystique up to the satellite to stop it and promise that they will bring back Destiny. If she succeeds. And she doesn't. In reality, it's like one of those things where... There's always going to be a Nimrod,
0: so there was no way she was ever going to stop it. Well, there's several things that occur in this, but one of the best, Hickman is a master at comic book dialogue. He is.
2: He's fantastic at dialogue.
0: You've got the doctor for the Human League or whatever they're calling themselves, Erasmus, who was killed in the opening of House of X, Powers of X. They basically sacrificed the premier team of X-Men to do it and reincarnated them on Krakoa. So Wolverine, Mystique, Storm, Jean Grey, and Cyclops all die in the process of trying to destroy the space station in orbit of the sun that's working on trying to create the ultimate sentinel, Nimrod. They halfway succeed. They manage to stop the master mold Situation. They managed to destroy it. And in the process, they killed one of the main doctors, Erasmus, whose wife survives the ordeal. And since then, apparently, Aaliyah, the wife, has been working on implanting Erasmus's essence into the Nimrod body itself. And so when he comes to, he's, he's her husband. And there's this real kind of touching scene where he's in Nimrod's body and he's touching her face and saying, you brought me back. You know, but I cannot give you a child. Remember, I wanted children. She tells him, I don't care. I'm so happy. He says, as I am, Aaliyah, as am. And he stops in the middle of holding his wife, looks over and points. That's a mutant. (laughs) (laughs) And points right at one of the armored individuals Uh in the room. Which makes sense. I mean, he knows
2: who's a mutant. So it makes sense to be able to just, even Mystique, he'd just be able to point her out like nothing (laughs) That
0: level of unpreparedness on Mystique's part. (laughs) You're like, "Uh uh-oh. Everything goes goes to hell in a handbasket. Erasmus and Nimrod's master body is able to make carbon copies of himself immediately, but he ends up sacrificing himself, his essence. So all that's left is Nimrod at the end. Of course, he kills Mystique. This whole thing is about to come back and bite Charles and Magneto in the ass. Cause, because cause she
2: asked them, she goes, "Y'all going to bring her back?" And they're like, "What about?" Yeah, they're like, "What about her?" And that was sort of it. Like, no, we're not going to bring. But they never intended to bring her back anyway. No, no, they no. made they it couldn't. clear that that any of the, the
0: psychics and uh, not psychics, but the, the precogs.
2: Uh, yeah, the precogs. They didn't want them.
0: Yeah. What about Irene? And it's Xavier that says it. What about her? God, I mean that is just cold, freaking. You just know it's about to slap him down. Of course, the uh, of course you see the next place you see Magneto and Xavier is wherever they've got Mora McTaggart stashed away, and Mora is sitting there reading all of Irene Adler's. Yeah, she's got all the prophecies. diaries and stuff. Yeah, the diaries of Irene Adler. So this is just—it's a hell of a time to be an X Man fan. Nary a Namor to be seen. Oh. <laughs> Yep. Sandra, tell, tell us again why you're not reading X-Men. <laughs> not in a huge hurry to read them right now. <laughs> and then, of course, the uh, the ad at the end is This Fall Inferno, which leads us into the Hellfire Club Gala. Albert, what was your take on the three books, all three books, The Marauders, X-Force, and The Hellions, the first three chapters? And you can read these in any order. doesn't yeah. really matter.
2: The Hellions was the best one, I thought.
0: <laughs> well, that's simply because
2: of Sinister. <laughs> yeah, but I was not looking forward to any of these really because I thought the whole thing was stupid. But as a little throwaway event, it's they're they're all really good.
0: Well, there you get these little scenes like this interaction between Iron Man and Quentin. Yeah. And you didn't know you wanted that, but you really wanted that. And damn, it's nice to see Iron Man actually written as Iron Man. Yeah. That really was. It makes you really appreciate the dumpster fire that's going on in the Iron Man book right now, which should be over shortly, and we should all go back to well, the they were Iron Man. They're writing Robert Downey Jr. is what they're writing. Which is fine. Not yeah. a problem with this. Michelinie's Iron Man, back in the day, with him, and Bob Layton, he wasn't as smart-mouthed as Robert Downey Jr. is, but it was there. There was quips. There was the arrogance. Damn, he created sentient armor. All the essence was there. And this makes Iron Man more Iron Man. And I, I just really appreciate him showing up. The one thing I would have liked more, and I think it was in I think it was in Hellions. It was. It wasn't in X Force. It was either in Hellions or Marauders. It may have been in Marauders. It was I? I wish they had wasted at least one page where we had gotten the conversation that was going on between Captain America and Doctor Doom before Emma walked up. Yeah, I really would have enjoyed seeing that because they're both typically they're both very formal to each other in settings like these. If you remember, Hell Doom. When Captain America was outlawed and on the run and the Red Skull was on the verge of causing World War III and everything else, and the United States was after Cap as a fugitive in the Mark Wade run, if you recall... Cap was stranded in Europe and walked up to the gates of Latveria and swiped his Avenger card and the gates opened for him. And Doom took him in, had a replica of his costume ready for him and everything else, gave him information on where the Red Skull was, offered for him to stay as long as you'd like. Let me feed you dinner, blah, 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 blah. They're very formal toward each other. Captain Rogers, Victor, that sort of thing. So I would have really liked to have seen more of that conversation. It was payoff enough to have Doom charging Emma With an attempt to take over the world through Krakoa, Emma flat out denying it, and then the representative of the Shi'ar walking up and saying, congratulations on your takeover of the world. (laughs) And she didn't even know what they were there for. Yeah, and Doom just cracked up laughing and walked off laughing in the background. And Cap's face on that, the whole thing was priceless. I'm really enjoying the character interaction. I'm really enjoying the setup. Yeah, I'm wondering why the Shar there. We know what the Shar brought her. The Shar brought her these gems, but she has no idea why they they did it. She's playing it off mentally. To them, she's acting like, yes, I know everything that's going on. But when she's talking to Quentin telepathically, she's saying, "I, I have no idea what this person's on about. Yeah. And I was with you. I was not looking at the Hellfire Gala. And then we see the costume. And then we hear, "Oh, look! We're we're going to have these stars there too, like Conan O'Brien. That would have been great if this was 1993." But, yeah, that uh,
2: one celebrity page is really out of place.
0: Well, there's there's celebrities throughout each of the books. Yeah, and well, there's and one page, so- and that's all it is. It's yeah. it's. it's meant to be Pat Oswald. What, what the hell? Did Ratatouille just release? Yeah, I, who wants to and speaking of Patton Oswald, stay the hell away from Modoc on Hulu. Did either of you watch that? No. Nope. Sandra, I thought you were a big Modoc fan. <laughs> I
1: like Modoc, but uh I don't have Hulu.
0: I had a Modoc Halloween costume. <laughs> yes you did. That was that was very well done too, Albert. <laughs> My mom uh, made it for is, me. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, Modoc on Hulu is just a. Uh, speaking of dumpster fires, right, beyond a dumpster fires, I think I think it's time for Seth Green to just enjoy retirement and family guy royalties and just go away because this is, that is an awful TV show. That's not going to make it. I was looking forward to it, I thought it'd be funny. But Patton Oswald does the voice for Modoc. I don't know why these real world celebrity crossovers in comics never seem to go real well, do they?
2: No, nah, I mean, if they're played for, for fun, but this one was like, oh, look at these. I mean, it's not a big deal. It's just sort of distracting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. First off, there's no way in hell the actual Conan, Conan O'Brien would ever show up for something like this. But secondly, who cares? Nobody under the age of, I'm going to say, what, 35 knows who Conan O'Brien is. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you both for the witty repartee. Back, and I think the guy
2: beside Conan supposed to be the well, dude, the place James Bond.
0: Oh, Daniel Craig. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't even. I didn't hear they were going to put him. in. You can clearly see who Patton Oswalt is, and there's what's his face from NPR, This American Life. I mean, who in the hell cares? Wait, wait, wait! Stop! Don't send me emails. I enjoy This American Life. Okay, Neil Cavuto. I don't know what he looks like. Yeah, no, nobody does because he's a voice on the podcast. He's a famous voice. But why is he at the Hellfire Gala? Why do in, does anybody have to impress Neil Cavuto by way of Krakoa trying to make international headway here with nations that have not yet befriended it? So I, I don't get the celebrity thing, but all of that aside, the dialogue, the interaction, the rest of it is really, really cool. And there there was that one scene where Wolverine looked out and saw something approaching in the water water. Albert, did you entertain for a second that it was Namor? No, I did because that's all that ever gets said on the podcast is Namor, Namor, Namor. And so when Wolverine looked out and saw somebody swimming toward the island, I thought they held him in reserve. This is why we didn't see him in in the sketches. He's going to show up and crash the party. And Sandra crash the party. I said, crash the party. He's not going to crash the party. Oh, it wasn't. It invite. wasn't Namor. It wasn't Namor. No, it was. It was even better. It was Deadpool. Yeah, it was Deadpool. <laughs> With the little rubber ducky. Now, uh, he was not invited. Around.
1: I'll tell you that. He was not invited. But Namor's got an invite. That was his island. What are you talking about?
0: Well, no, the, the rest of the pages of X Force is largely Wolverine and Domino trying to keep Deadpool out of the gala. So. Oh, that's fun! That's about right. <laughs> yeah, well, it was fun. It was fun. It was entertaining, and they—they're the building a The people that crashed the party are the Hellions. Oh God, yeah, the Hellions were great. And Nanny getting drunk, and, and that's going to lead to Inferno because havoc kept asking Xavier about why did you choose not to reincarnate Madeline Pryor? Yeah. And that does seem kind of, and even Jean Grey does not fully understand the reasoning on that. If anybody would have a problem with it, it'd be Jean. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't have a problem with it. So naturally, we're setting up the stage for something's going to happen, and there's going to be a trial of Magneto, and then there's going to be Inferno.
2: Over these three issues, which are all real good, they're it's just they're really just sort of fun, for the most part, throwaway issues. There's something there's one very important thing that happens.
0: Reed whispers something to the Professor X. Okay. Oh, I
2: forgot about
0: that. That was good. The kids wanted to come, so I brought them. And also I wanted to look in your eyes when I said this. And he leans in and he whispers something. You think he remembers the uh uh, I assume the way that's to build it. Is. Like
2: he, he He's like, I remember, I know. Well, see, you could always make some weird thing where like he could
0: stretch his brain around or do something. That's exactly right. Reed's done that in the past. Reed's hard to manipulate by telepaths. Even though we've seen in standard continuity that Reed has a skeletal structure, Reed does not really have a skeletal structure. The way Reed's powers work, and he can manipulate the matter of his brain in the same way that he manipulates his body. We've seen... Seen him do it in the past, uh, heighten his intelligence as well, so yep. yeah, it's got to be something like that. Score one for Reed Richards in my book once again, that's Doom 450,020,576 to Reed's one. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the X Men and all the Hellfire gal they're all pull books, yeah, definitely pull all of them. Sandra, you got to get in on this, okay? I'm gonna try to catch up quick shout out to Two Moons, which came out from Image Comics, issue number four. This is still a pull book. I've pushed this before. I'm telling you, look into Two Moons. This is a really, really good book. Issue number four is out on the stands. Also, a quick shout out, I'm sure Albert and I, and I would have said, I'm sure Albert, Sandra, and I, but Sandra, I don't know what's going on with Sandra tonight. (laughs) Albert and I, and probably Sandra, all read the latest issue of Department of Truth. It's still great. So I call that a pull as well. I still say pull it. Albert, you still say pull Department of Truth? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Albert, you tell us about Batman, which came out because I did not get around to Batman. Batman issue number 109 by James Tynan and art by Jimenez. I've been a little a little
2: iffy on the last few issues of Batman, but this one was a yep. uh, this one was very good. It's got two sort of main stories. One of them is Harley Quinn and Ghostmaker sort of teaming up and bringing up the fact that Harley's currently looking for she's trying to find or, or get getting the poison ivy, so she's trying yep. to bring her back. And the second one still involves Batman and the fear stuff, and he goes after the guy that creates the Magistrate program. And Batman ends up. Coming face to face with Peacemaker 01. Oh. Uh. the Peacemakers of course there's a Ghostmaker backup as well like I said it's a great book both the stories both the plot plot sort of move along pretty good and fantastic artwork I do enjoy sort of the I want to say cyberpunk design of Gotham almost this issue's fantastic
0: an obvious pull okay so Batman's still an obvious pull I didn't get around to reading it Sandra would not touch a bat book with a gun to her head is that correct Sandra. <laughs>
1: Well, I just have so much more things to read, so, yeah.
2: Do y'all read Heroes Reborn? I scanned it. The Ed McGinnis
1: pages keep getting shorter
2: and shorter and yeah. shorter. What the heck? What? Yeah, I don't, I don't like that, but the, these last two issues, four and five, the lead-in stories of the characters, I thought both of those were really great. I like the art on the Nighthawk. Yeah, the Nighthawk well, I thought was real good, and the Doctor Spectrum I thought was great as well. But there ain't much of a plot as far as the main thing goes at the end of it. It's just a few pages, and that's it.
0: Yeah, I'm just not feeling it. So I, I say mean- browse it. Yeah, I'm not even saying browsing. I'm saying you can leave all of it on the shelves. You're right. There's a couple of good stories in here. However, it's not what we as the public was sold. No, it, it wasn't. It's not anywhere near entertaining. The good stories are revolving around characters who's going to vanish when all this is over. I don't care
1: about those characters. So I don't care about those stories, it's, though.
0: And that's the point. And you're you're speaking behalf on behalf of the majority of the Marvel Universe fans out there. This is unnecessary. If if King in Black is the correct way to do a comic book event, then this is a step-by-step illustration on how not to do a comic book event. First off grab a bunch of characters that nobody reading the Marvel Universe material is going to give a damn about. Second, continue to make them as uninteresting as possible. Third, advertise Ed McGinnis repeatedly as though the entirety of this event is on his shoulders. Reduce the number of pages he does each book. I'm talking like, what, three, four pages at the most? Not many. Yeah, not many. So I'm, Albert says browse it. I say
2: shelve it. The people that buy at this point may just want it for the the main, the main leading stories. Because uh, yeah. the Doctor Spectrum has James Stokoe, or Stokoe, or I'm not, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, but he does the art on that. And, and the Nighthawk was very good and had a great artist on it as well.
1: I do want to say one thing while we're talking about Jason Aaron and Heroes Reborn. Did y'all okay. see the preview for the free comic book day, Avengers Hope? No. No. I swear to God, I swear to God, Jason Aaron has it out for me because that preview has the, uh, a, an alternate universe Avengers. If they were Atlantean and they have, <laughs> they have Namor as freaking captain Atlantis in a horrible <laughs> outfit. I, I, I mean, I'm looking at this thing and I'm speechless. There's a giant a on his forehead. <laughs> God.
0: Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hearing about this, I I think Jason Aaron's turning the curve on this. What do you say? The The
1: Hulk is is like King Shark. Iron Man, (laughs) I guess is a water, maybe not a water. I don't know. He's there's Iron Man, he's in his Iron Man suit, and then he has another suit above on that. It looks like Namorita is Doctor Strange. I don't know who they've picked. They probably, this guy is probably a Tuma to play Thor. I don't know. That guy, it's, it's a blue guy, though. I'm just looking at this going, what the hell? Why? Why?
0: She looked at it and she said, it's not a Tuma. <laughs> oh, I was speaking God, of Doctor
2: Strange. Leave uh, him alone. Speaking of Doctor Strange, I like the bit in the Hellfire Gala when he walks in. He says something like, well, for once, I'm underdressed.
0: Finally, I'm underdressed. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, I'm underdressed. (laughs) Comic book suggestions for the week of June 9th, 2021. Y'all mind if I go first? You go ahead and go first. My comic book suggestions for June 9th. In the year 2021, right off the top. X-Men number 21, written by Jonathan Hickman with art by Sarah Pacelli. I love Sarah Pacelli's artwork anytime she pops up. Awesome, awesome cover to this issue. And it continues the Hellfire Gala, which Albert and I continue to be pleasantly surprised by. And somehow or other, Magneto ends up on trial or going to trial at the end of this saga. I'm emotionally invested. This is a, this is a great little character piece. Most of what we love about the Hellfire Gala and I cannot believe I'm saying what we love about the Hellfire Gala, is the character interaction, if nothing else. It's it's weighted down. There, there's goofy celeb walkthrough, real-life celebrity walkthrough scenes. Just ignore those. This in and of itself is is really entertaining. So X-Men number 21 by Jonathan Hickman and Sarah Pacelli.
1: Just one point on that. Well, actually, two points. But it also, that this looks like it's going to probably have multiple stories or something in it because it also the artists are also nick dragota and russell diderman and lucas
0: wernick oh i didn't even catch that yeah it's got multiple artists on it yeah it could very well it could have splash pages in it too and of
1: course of course for the namer nation he's he's actually going to have a a a couple pages in here
0: oh he's going to be in there yeah well then let me change my let me change my recommendations. Yeah. <laughs> Also, for the week of June 9th, 2021, the Joker number four. I know you've listened to this podcast and listened to me and particularly Bitch about the number of Joker and Harley Quinn books that are out there. We've said it before, we're going to say it again. The nice thing about this Joker book is it's not really about the Joker, it's about Commissioner Gordon. This is by James Tanyan, the fourth, Sam Johns with an assist on writing, and art is by Mirka and Dolfo for the backup as well has Gillum March for the main story. The backup, I like it for the art, but otherwise you can, it's a backup, it's there. What are you going to do? The main story is great. That's why you want to buy this. This is a bat story at its finest and Batman is nowhere to be found in it. So The Joker, number four, by James Tanyan and Gillum March. Also for the week of June 9th, 2021, my third and final High recommendation for you is Spider-Man, Spider's Shadow Number 3. This is a what-if book. Make no ands, ifs, or buts about it. This falls into the what-if category. It's basically five-issue miniseries dealing with what if the symbiote had convinced Peter Parker to keep it. What if Spider-Man bonded with the symbiote? It's written by Chip Zdarsky, who did the wonderful Spider-Man... What's it called, Albert? Time and time again...
1: Life story.
0: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Sandra.
1: Uh, who did? Who also did the Last uh, Invaders?
0: There you go. It's done by Chip Zdarsky who did Spider-Man Life Story and The Last Invaders. Art by Pascal Ferry. And this. This is the way what-ifs should be done. I don't think you need a monthly what-if. I think if you've got a really good idea something you can sink your teeth into, turn it into a five-issue what-if miniseries and put it out there. And that's what Marvel's doing. So I feel that overall we're moving in the right direction on this and I love the first issue. So those are my three recommendations for you. And my risk picks, my two risk picks are going to be the first one is from image comics geiger number three we reviewed the first issue of it and we didn't get back to the second issue of it i've read both one and two and it's still a risk pick it's not going to appeal for it to everybody but you should at least browse it pick up the first two issues take a look at them and see jeff johns is the writer and creator of this book and art by gary frank look for me Gary Frank's art by itself is enough justification to pick up the book. I'm enjoying the story so far, but there's some fill-in that's got a. It, it needs more work. There's something missing from it, but I've no doubt that Jeff Johns is going to be able to pull this off. So, risk pick number one, Geiger number three from Image Comics. I'm putting this under risk pick, but it's not a risk pick if you're a Star Wars fan. It's no secret that while I love the majority of stuff that Marvel is turning out for Star Wars, I'm not a big fan of the Bounty Hunters title. Well, this Bounty Hunters title is going to have a big reveal in it concerning Han Solo. It's involved in the War of the Bounty Hunters situation, where Han Solo, while frozen in carbonite, is actually stolen from Boba Fett. Everybody is tripping over themselves to find Han Solo, to get Han Solo back from Boba Fett. Boba Fett, IG-88 to uh, the Rebellion and the Empire. Darth Vader is in this as well because Darth Vader became resolute in something if you're following his series and he's decided that he wants Han Solo back in his possession. This does have some big reveals that plays into the movie and other canon, so I'm going to say this is a risk pick because I generally don't like Bounty Hunters, but also it's not as much a risk pick because this overall story arc has been really, really good and engaging. Those are my two risk picks and my three picks for the week of June 9th, 2021. Who wants to go next? I'll go next. Okay.
1: This is kind of a slim week for me, so... And somebody else has already grabbed up uh, some of my picks here, so... (laughs) I am going to go with a few trades here. Marvel art of George Perez. They're uh, releasing a monograph, I guess is what they call them. This is hardcover, but it's going to be full of George Perez's Marvel art from Avengers, Inhumans, Fantastic Four... Creatures on the Loose, Infinity Gauntlet, just Master of Kung Fu, just a ton of stuff there. And it sounds like it would be a a great art book. So that's one of my, what are we calling our picks? Picks? Yeah. Picks? Picks. Okay. Mm -hmm. Picks. Another one I'm going to pick is, because I'm trade waiting, is The Immortal Hulk Volume 9. The weakest one there is comes out. Uh, that'll be a trade paperback. I haven't been keeping up with the floppies like Stan and Albert, but I have really <laughs> enjoyed the trades. So I'll be you won't be disappointed with that. Yes. The one floppy choice I have is going to be Die Number Seventeen from Image. It's by Kieran Gillian and Stephanie Hans is the artist. If you haven't been reading it, well, I think there's two or three trades out. Two two trades out. Go pick them up. It's about a group of D and D players who get sucked into an actual fantasy slash D and D world that they're playing. It's it's been really good. And if you've ever played a role playing game like that, you'll enjoy it. And of course Kieran Gillian, he you know, he's done the Eternals once in future. Yeah, he's always solid. Yeah, and he comes from the gaming industry. He started out as a games journalist. He's actually created a campaign slash game based off of this book about gaming. I mean it's not just about gaming, it definitely comes from that Genre. subject matter. Yeah. So my picks are Die Seventeen, Marvel Art of George Perez the immortal hulk volume nine weakest one there is now my risk picks now there was plenty of risk picks here i'm gonna go with something called secret land from dark horse number one that's a mini series one of four you don't have a huge investment here the writer is christoph M-guard, and the artist is Tomas Ere. It's a World War II book that is described as cosmic horror from the creators of The Whispering Dark. It's a couple. The man thinks that his fiance is dead, has been killed in action. The wars uh, in Europe is, is ending because Hitler's died. So he's going off to the Pacific front. But his fiance, who's not dead, even though he thinks she is, is undercover, taking out some, I guess, remnants of the Third Reich and something is waiting, and it is hungry. Yeah, that sounds like historical, a little bit of uh, Lovecraftian horror. That sounds like something right up my
0: alley. I don't think they ever actually killed Hitler.
1: Well, maybe that's what's waiting. I'm not sure. <laughs> my second one.
0: Nice <laughs> way thick- to completely avoid a subject, Sandra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, Stan, <laughs> I could say something, but I- I'll just pass there. <laughs> I'd like to get to bed sometime before 6 a.m. today. <laughs> and I don't know if this is going to be widely distributed or what, but it looks like another European book. It's from Magnetic Press and it's called, boy, I'm going to mangle this name, Brindill. Brindilla. The writer is Frédéric Yeah, Illustrator is Frederico Bert- uh, Bertoloki. Well, I'm messing that up. Anyway, the cover artist is the interior artist. And If you just look at that cover, it, it's awesome. Young woman wakes up in a tiny village in the woods with no memory. Is she a fairy, a witch, or just an ordinary young girl lost in the woods? This looks like some kind of, well, it's a fantasy, obviously, but of the fae or the fairy. That looked really nice. I'm going to pick that up.
2: All right, I'm going to cheat because this is a main pick and not a risk pick for me but uh, my first pick is Geiger number 3, which I've thought has been a great great book by Jonathan Frank. Yep. Get it. (laughs) My second pick is Batman the Detective number 3, written by Tom Taylor and art by Andy Kubert. That's been a really good book. Just a solid Batman story. I'm really looking forward to reading it. My third pick is Rorschach number 9. This book is terrible. It should (laughs) have never seen production on any Level, why are you recommending it as a pick? I've already read eight issues of it. <laughs> Someone watch else the train wreck. En- Someone <laughs> else has got to read it with me. <laughs> for my two wrist picks, the first one is Batman Earth One Volume Three hardcover. I mean, it's sort of a wrist pick, but not really. But this should be the last graphic novel with Jeff Johns and Gary Frank on this book. But it's iffy. This is a good Batman story, but it ain't for everybody. And then my second risk pick is DC Comics Generations Hardcover. I thought this was just sort of a fun throwaway book, but it was neat. You had like the Golden Age Batman and Booster Gold and Sinestro as a uh, lantern and sort of the Perez Teen Titans era Starfire. So it was just different characters from different periods. And I thought it was a good throwaway book if you just want just a fun DC comic.
0: And that rounds up our risk picks for the week of June 9th, 2021. And once more, this looks to be as good of a place as any to end it. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you. To our sponsors, IVIwatches.com, type in code KINGDOM on IVIwatches.com, get 25% off your overall purchase, and again, visit Kristen Griffin at Key to the World Travel. You can find Key to the World Travel as a Facebook page. Kristen Griffith is spelled K-R-Y-S-T-E-N-G-R-I-F-F-I-N, also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and get ready to pack your bags. They know what they're doing at Key to the World Travel. Thank you, of course to our contributors, especially Mr. Koloski and Mr. Hickey went out of their way this week. Mr. Fitzpatrick goes out of his way every week because I never stop receiving texts from him. But thank you to all of you. All of our contributors are just great. Thank you so very much. And most importantly, thank you to you, our listeners. We enjoy hearing from you. We, We greatly appreciate the listens, the likes, the numbers. Please continue to give us four or five stars, whatever the top rating is. Let us hear from you. KingdomCasts, that's Kingdom at gmail.com KingdomComics at gmail.com as well. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Keep us informed with what's going on in your life. Fishman Fetish Woman, do you have any final words? I have plenty of final words, but they keep getting cut. God. (laughs) I haven't cut
1: anything. Yes, you cut my final words last time. What would, what did I cut? My fish man fetish. <laughs> oh your final really, words? Yes, it sounded really weird because then Albert went on about don't listen to Sandra and all I did all he had me say was no.
0: <laughs> oh 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 no those were sound problems. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm not kidding. we had a buzz in that that I could not get rid of. I had edited. I had actually edited that backward, and that's why Albert responds to something that doesn't happen. That's right. so yeah, I have it I have it chopped up in several segments and and then kind of put it together the way it sounds like. So I apologize for that. You're fine to march? make me sound like an idiot. i am not making you sound like a- Look,. Edor. <laughs> So your final words will not get cut this time. So please share your final words with us, Sandra. I forgot what my final words were from last time. Well, that's oh, that's good. That's all we've got time for. <laughs> Albert, do you have anything to say, anything to say here at the end? Nothing. I would probably get me fired. <laughs> let's not go there, please. Let's not go there. Yeah, we're going to. That'll be a special episode. <laughs> It may be real special at the end of the day. Yeah, that'll be a a no-holds-barred episode. (laughs) Well, I would like to leave y'all with these words of wisdom. Remember, it takes two wipes to find out you need three, but three wipes to find out that you only needed two. (laughs) Uh. All right, well, we're going to sign off, and we'll be back with you probably a little later this week, but if not, definitely next week. So thank you so very much. Tell them good night.
2: Good night, everybody.
0: Good night. Good night. We'll talk to you soon. Kingdom Casts is owned by Kingdom Comics Incorporated and produced by Stan Daniel and Albert Marsh. No part of this program may be reproduced, replicated, or replayed without permission. Special thanks to Sandra Swindle. Also, thank you to our content contributors, Jason Bean, Tim Bryant, Cornelius Burroughs, Denise Daniel, Josh Duke, Alex Fitzpatrick, Hatcher, Charles Hickey, Ali Marceau, Joseph Koloski, Katrina Olstead, and Angela Pickett. Logo designed by Geoffrey Gwynn. Edited by Stan Daniel. Kingdom Casts is copyrighted 2021, all rights reserved. All right, you ready? Um.
1: Uh... No, no, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I got this guy. I don't know what's wrong with him. He's just panting away here. I'm trying to figure out where I can put him.